Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon community. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game, stories, and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I am Kikita Kaori. And I have a cold. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I have come back from Worlds, so this is one of my souvenirs. Yep. You, you get yeah all those 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 nice things you bought photographs uh, a podcast as well actually and illness illness that's what cons are for yeah anyway uh, I had a good good time uh, I saw Steelfur and Onimaru there but um, I I got a chance to play some games and get some fun uh, LCG swag they gave us a dice bag. And I played the Highwaymen again. Oh right, yeah, because I was looking at that in, in, our, in our show notes. Going, Haven't you already done that? But this is so you've had a second go at that one. I had a second go at it. The first time I did it, it was not very successful. I was playing with a group of people who hadn't was unfamiliar with L5R. Some of them were unfamiliar with role playing games in general, and mm. the GM was a little bit uh, heavy handed. Uh, right. In this one. I got to play it with a group of people who are all familiar with L5R, not necessarily the 5th edition system, um, and a very good GM who guided us properly through it and showed us how to do the intrigue and combat portions of it, and we did very well. We beat the bad guys, we yes. were victorious, and our, our poor Ronin got... Got their koku, so they they live through another winter. So, did you play a different character this time around? I did play a different character this time around. Before I had played the Burning Sands, uh, Gaijin, and this time I played the Ivory Kingdoms Gaijin. So, uh, I am very much looking forward to the uh, Path of Waves book and uh, the Burning Sands. There, it's one of those things because I've not been buying. I've not bought anything since. Uh, Emerald Empire because I'm not in a game at the minute so I can't really justify but I'm beginning to think I'm going to have to get Path of Waves <laughs> We'll talk about it a little later in this podcast but um, they have given us some more previews of Path of Waves so I look mm. forward to that and then I was there when they made their final story decision Yeah this is this the what does Taturi do about the shenanigans of that fateful night where the emperor gets himself a bit deaded and so does Taturi, but he got better. What right. does he do about all that? And they chose, was that number two they went for? Yes, that was number two. So that means that Taturi investigates the attempt on his life and the possible connections to the emperor's death, dragging mm. the perpetrators into the light to foil their efforts. That was That was definitely my favorite one. So I'm well done, people who chose. <laughs> uh, a lot of people wanted the option where he went to the monastery uh, yeah. to see what happens there because they think that that is the least predictable. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the option where he was going to go on a road trip with Hante, Daisetsu, and Mitsu, and Shahai, that was pretty uh, popular. Was that an option? That was an option, yes. Go after Daisetsu. I think a lot of people were – actually, a lot of people were predicting that mm-hmm. way back. I think I think even before 
the emperor got himself stabbed. I think a lot of people were think, I reckon this is going to happen. And uh, a fewer, a lower number of people were interested in him uh, going and confronting Matsusuko and taking mm. back the reins of the Lion Clan. Yeah, they went. I think. I think the problem with that one is that that's pure Lion Clan, and it, that doesn't take into account what's going on in the rest of the empire, whereas all the other ones feel a bit more inclusive. Mm. But in the yeah. end, this one was chosen, and. Uh, mm. Go to Tori. I do not think that even though we do have the next fiction from this, we really know where the story is going to go from here. So it should be interesting. And what's interesting is that we got the we're, – we're kind of used to yeah, the tournament happens and the story decision is made and then we have to wait months and months and months and months for it to actually happen. But we got that next fiction out in days, didn't we? Yes. So the next fiction was – the Cornered Lion, Part 2. It was also by Robert Denton III. Uh, he mm-hmm. said on the Last Province podcast that he wrote all four endings for Cornered Lion before Worlds so that they could turn it out right away. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yes. Uh, only without the like five-finger backup saves where you've, you've got your fingers stuck in the pages so you can turn back if you need to. <laughs> uh but yeah, I thought that was really, really neat. And that was actually kind of fun fiction. Okay. Uh, he said, segueing casually into that fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's him meeting up with the head of the, the, the Sepun and discussing what to do next and nearly but not quite stabbing each other. <laughs> well, that happens <laughs> when two guys meet on the street. You know, it, it just is there. No, he 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 goes to secretly investigate his own invest assassination. So he's running around uh, Oda Sanuchi with a cloak, and uh, he confronts Sepun Ishikawa, who is the head of the Sepun House Guard, and asks him for help. Um, so we had some lore nuggets from this. The whole thing takes place at the Dancing Koi Market of the Kanjo District. So the Contra District is uh, an inner city district, also called the Ikohiki District, and it's traditionally controlled by the Lion Clan, um, and it holds the Lion and Phoenix and Scorpion embassies, and it's the south gate to the Ikohiki. So the Ikohiki is the inner city of Odasanuchi, um, and then the Imperial Palace is in the very center of that. Yeah, there's a there's a kind of the the other. It's Odysseyanuchi is pretty concentric. Yes, got lots of in, inner bits and inner inner bits. Uh, we also get to meet the Cat Clan, who are absolutely just actors and nothing else. <laughs> uh, interestingly, Toturi only vaguely is aware of the Cat Clan. They're actually doing uh, puppets puppet shows, um, and so, so it, it, you just kind of oh right, yeah, I can see they've got Amon, and that's the Cat Clan. I vaguely recall there being a Cat Clan. Uh, Right, but in the Emerald Empire book, they have described them as also secretly being a shinobi on the side. Yeah, so I guess they are officially secretly ninja on the side. Uh, for instead of those, oh, everyone knows. And it's interesting that he only was vaguely aware of the Cat Clan. You would have thought. I, I my my opinion was that your Emerald Champion would want to be a bit more. Uh, on the ball and know a lot more of these minor clans. But then again, I, I guess he wasn't Emerald Champion for all that long and possibly hadn't had a chance to read through all the briefings just yet. <laughs> uh, we also meet some pancakes. <laughs> 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 uh, 
important law nuggets here. Uh, Dorayaki, which is a small, fluffy, sweet uh, with red bean paste, which is generally used for festivals or the sweet. Right. The other thing, we hear a reference to the Hidden Guard. We've heard about them in a few stories. The Hidden Guard in the old lore and where we've heard of them before were described as only uh, Shiginja, secretive Shiginja that you know, maintain the palace wards and otherwise watch over the the emperor. However, here you have Hidden Guard snooping around on rooftops, a little shinobi-like. And then in the LCG, you have the Hidden Guard is actually a bushi. So it might, it sounds like a whole kind of coalition of different kinds of roles of people being secret guardians for the emperor. Uh, yeah, not the, just the Hidden Guard sounds like it's, it's more of an umbrella organization than just the Shugenja school. Right. Which is an interesting way of, of going about it. And, and it must be said that if you look at, say, some of the Scorpion Shugenja parts, being a shinobi and Shugenja is not exactly incompatible. No. So who knows? There might be sneaky Shugenja, but they must, might also just be sneaky shinobi. It's hard to tell. Right. Yeah, there's uh, a couple of interesting things that we also learned. Uh, Shoju is staging Daisetsu's Genpaku, which is interesting because he doesn't have a Daisetsu with, with whom to Genpaku. So that's going to be interesting. Right. Well, I think he's doing it. I think it's a good idea. It implies that it tells everybody by really publicly staging this Genpaku celebration for Daisetsu without letting anybody know that Daisetsu's missing. It shows that Shoju is really ready and eager to get out of the way of the young emperor mm. and stop being regent sooner rather than later, that he doesn't actually intend to hold on to power for It's a not long a Scorpion way. clan coup, guys. It's really not. Yeah, yeah, showed you. We believe you. No, look, it really isn't. <laughs> and, and, it, and it hides the fact that the emperor is missing. They can say, oh, he's preparing for his Genpuku. That's why nobody can see him. He absolutely has not gone missing. We know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you wouldn't get Puku someone who's missing. That would just be silly. Right. Uh, yeah, we also have learned that the Kami from the Palace Wards have most definitely gone missing, which was, I believe, only a supposition. I, I, I believe that uh, Shahai wasn't sure. Right. But now we know it's absolutely true. And that would imply that's why the wards did not go off when Jordan Hanted 39th got himself a bit stabinated. Right. So she's accidentally been stuffing them into her Mishoto, so Yes. And the wards would inform the hidden guard if there was a murder or any irregularity. So that makes it very very strange. So Yeah. It would be suspicious with the wards gone no matter what. It, it would. It's super sus- suspicious. They found a Meishodo trinket. Mm-hmm. Whether it still had its kami in it, I don't know. Because uh, that's not been established, whether or not it had a kami, and if what, if so, where that kami come from. And that would be a big issue if they say, yep, this is definitely a Meishodo trinket. This definitely has a ward kami in it. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it looks like the Phoenix were absolutely right about this stuff. At this point, you know, in, in the story, uh, Tatori Ishikawa challenges... Tatori basically says, why should I help you when you failed the emperor? And I love how the courtyard clears out because everyone thinks there's going to be a duel and it just empties. But uh, the question is, why 
does Ishikawa challenge to Tori? You know, we went, no, we went to the Kikita dueling school and, you know, you use insults very purposefully in the dueling school. So why why do you think he might've done that? Well, I mean, partially, but there is the obvious thing that, yeah, the Emerald champion essentially failed here. Although neither of them understand that the Emerald Champion really didn't have an option. There wasn't, there was no way for him to have done anything. They're both going under the assumption this is all a planned assassination and therefore the Emerald Champion failed. But I, I had forgotten when I was reading it right until the end that this is the guy who's got a crush on uh, Kaede, mm-hmm. uh, Totori's wife. And he's yet another, <laughs> he's not quite as creepy stalker as uh, Aramara, but um, he's getting on. So it's it's that as well, and also just the you know here you are trying to do our job, how dare you kind of aspect. So mm-hmm. I think it's possibly literally all of the above, uh-huh. and possibly also testing him. So okay, you say you want to do this. Let's see how strong your resolution is. How prepared are you? How willing are you? Do you have do you have the guts to do this? And so I'm going to test you. That makes sense to me. I like it. Yeah, and I, th- yeah, and I think Tortori also fired back, not necessarily wanting a duel, but it's like, well, okay, then let's reflect this back on you and ask you the same questions. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of do this. You know, once we now we've finished matchup posturing, we can work together. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see where that goes. Buddy cop, buddy cop movie, buddy cop well, movie like with, other, a, but, with a but, third wheel. Love triangle. They, 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 they have to work together, but they don't like each other. But da da da. Anyway, that was one of our fictions this this week. And we had another one that came out right in the middle of Worlds. Yes, Game of Promises. Uh, this is by Annie Vandermeer Mitsota, who also wrote Tempest and Tides. And this has um, Yasuki Oguri, son of Yasuki Taka, is ordered by Hirokasada to get the aid of the Mantis to check out the Watchtower of the Sun's Shadow in Ishigaki Province, which is uh, interesting. Right. So this, the Watchtower has dropped out of all communications. Mm. So they need to figure out what happened. And if you'll recall, this is uh, the choice to send the Yasuki to figure out what was going on was the story yep. choice from Worlds last year. So that's this happening. Mm-hmm. And the and he's getting the Mantis on board to do this. Uh, partially, he's kind of offering a couple of things. One is they can do it legitimately and get access to places they wouldn't be able to get to otherwise while flying their, their flags and, and not having to hide or anything. Mm-hmm. But also he is offering part of a long-lost Mantis Daisho as a potential prize. Indeed. So they so he offers a few different terms. He's he's talking to Kodaka and she is a ten a tenkinja. I hate saying that word, tenkinja. She is a priestess of tempests and tides. So that's a very specific kind of shiginja uh, associated with the Mantis clan. And uh, he they're sitting in the inn um, I think every inn in Rokugan must have a fish in the name. Uh, well, I mean, possibly, I mean, given that it's actually, this is a, a pirate, sorry, uh sailor <laughs> inn, 
I mean, I, I suppose having fish in the name is, makes a bit more sense. Okay. But, uh, and they're drinking uh, shochu, which is sweet potato wine. Well, not necessarily. Shochu can be made out of a bunch of stuff. It's essentially the stronger distilled. You can have barley, shochu. Um, oh, okay. Sweet potato is one of them, yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's, it, it can be made out of a bunch of stuff. But sweet potato is one of the things you make this stuff out of. And if you don't drink it, you can always use it as paint thinner, apparently. <laughs> but uh, so he offers her uh, a couple things in order to you know set her up for sweet uh, mantis yasuki dealings. And uh, he offers her first uh, the ability to fly under crab color, to sail under crab colors so they won't be bothered by the crane. Um, And then he offers her uh, bamboo ballista so they can go shoot shoot, uh, other ships. She doesn't, she's not interested in that, very interested in that because they'd be heavy, but you know, useful. Mm. And then finally, he offers her a Shobai, which is one of the ancient swords of the Mantis clan. It's a Daisho. Uh, Shobai is a wakasashi side blade, and it's curved and serrated, so it looks like a, a mantis's foreleg, like a real praying okay. mantis's foreleg, uh, to be more intimidating. Uh, the name means trade. And it is said to improve the skill of its wielder at trading. Because you would lie, but you get out and go, give me my money. And I go, all right, all right. <laughs> it goes with a matching katana size sword named Sakusen, which means strategy. And yep. according to the story, these swords have been lost in a gambling debt, which sounds so mantis. <laughs> let's let's lose <laughs> the ancestral dice show in a gambling match. Oh... Oh, mantis never change. Um, so she goes for that. So they are going to be sailing up the river and checking on this in some future stories. So that was very amusing to me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. They they talk a lot. They use a lot of shogi terms as metaphors, and also just playing um, because our, our main character is thinking back to the strategy employed when he was a kid. And was being taught all this. Uh, so you get the Fuhyo, which, uh, which is the pawn, um, uh, Gokusho, which is the jeweled general, which is one of the kings, essentially. No, is that one? Oh, I can't remember. The Osho, which is the king, and stuff like that. And it's a Shogi is a very interesting game, some interesting terms to it. And But he was, he was thinking about how he would approach this trading slash recruitment mission using a lot of his shogi knowledge, which I thought was a really interesting way of highlighting what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that Kasada chose the Mantis? Other than it was a story prize. It seems like an interesting choice. But bear in mind, it wasn't the Mantis being chosen. It was the Yusuke being chosen. There's a lot of bunch of, a bunch of things. It's like plausible deniability. There's also all our sea resources are being used at the minute. We need someone else to go do a heart of darkness up the river and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we just, you know, maybe we just don't have stuff spare. And but also, it could be the mantis have been kind of doing this this kind of overture stuff. Let's test them. Oh, I like that. Mm. So let's let's let's, let's, let's make them they... see what the real deal is. Let's them let's them see what the real deal is. Let's see how well we work together on what is a relatively small uh, mission, or might be a relatively small mission. Uh, it may also literally be 
we don't know what's going on. We want the best sailors. You know, we're not we're not bad at sailing. We've got coastline and we've got our ships and stuff like that. But for this kind of mission, the Mantis may simply be better. Mm-hmm. What I found interesting is the this watchtower has gone dark, and that's interesting in and of itself that it's gone dark and they don't know why because surely they've got means and methods of finding this stuff out. Well, they say all they the scouts be... sent there go missing too. Mm. So so that's an interesting thing. So they might be – and that's another possibility is we don't particularly want to lose another bunch of scouting people. We don't want to lose another scouting party. We wouldn't cry too hard if a mantis ship just went missing. <laughs> that could be <laughs> – that That's a bit cruel. But, you know, the crab are nothing if not pragmatic. Anyway, I thought it was an interesting question. It was a fun story. Mm. And, yep. uh, and we had even more news. We had a couple new articles yep. from the Path of Waves which is the new uh, source book coming out. It will be coming out, I believe, December, but I'm not entirely sure right now. Um, we have I a think so, yeah. Ivory Kingdom's preview article. Um, mm. So I thought that was fun. I, As I said, I played an Ivory Kingdom's uh, Yoda. Yeah. Which is, there was some question. There's some question about whether whether you'd be getting uh, literally just enough so that you could play a uh, Ivory Kingdoms person in Rock again, or are we getting effectively a full setting? And we much more like we're getting something equivalent to a full setting. I don't think we'll get a full setting like you'll get maps of those cities from mm. the Ivory Kingdoms, but you're certainly going to get a breakdown from this article of um, the overall society so they've described in the article five primary factions in the ivory yeah. kingdoms the ruling shilavan the muka religious sect the samraja monarchy the tajir traders and the naga serpent folk which was interesting because mm. it sounds like there are naga in the ivory kingdoms it's like there's some naga in rokugan which is cool. Uh, Naga is actually more of a Indian sect symbol anyway. Yes. So it's yeah, cool yeah. that they, they can bring that in. And then when they do bring in more Rokugan um, Naga, they can share a culture, which would be neat. It, it is It is very – it's an interesting question as to whether or not the Shinmen Mori Naga are going to be the same as the Ivory Kingdom's Naga because – the in the old law, the Naga had been asleep in the Shin Menomori for a thousand years, mm-hmm. and there was they were the only Naga that we were aware of. I don't think there were any in in the kingdoms or anything like that. So, does that mean that the Shin Menomori ones have been asleep for a thousand years, or have they moved there from the Ivory Kingdoms, or are they a whole separate offshoot? And they there's a lot of interesting possibilities here, which looks like fun. Right. And then they had something which I always wondered about, but they mention it straight out, which is great. They have the Shadowlands from the other side. Mm. So they call them the Ghostlands. And that's basically the uh, south border of the Shadowlands. Uh, and on the other side, the Yoda um from the Ivory Kingdoms, act in the same role as the Crab Clan in Rokugan, act as defenders against this bad area. So mm. that's kind of cool. 
There's some new traditions in schools. Yeah, yeah. You got you got the what's it? Uh, what I got listed here is dancing blades for Ibushi. You got some alchemists of the uh, Camarist Caliphate, so that's burning sands. And what I'm particularly interested in is create your own school to build new archetypal paths, which I think is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. If, if it's as uh, general as I'm hoping it is, that's going to help a lot of the people who want to get their favorite AEG school into fifth ed. We shall have to, to give to them see. some really good guidelines. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there are new areas, rough geography. There's a couple of villages that are being detailed. Right. So in the NPCs and there is another article that came out called A Living Land. And in there, they detail two complete settings. So these are places in Rokugan that they give, you know, a a map and NPCs and and probably story hooks and everything else Mm. to make it an in-depth setting for you to use. And one is a village called Twin Blessing Village. And the other is a town setting called Hirosaka. And yeah. the maps look pretty. They always have such good maps. They, the maps are always lovely in this. And I've, I've been saying for a long time that a really good starting point is to put your characters in a village where they're the big fish in the small pond. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a chance, especially if you've got people who are new to Rock Again, gives you a chance to get used to the new mechanics of 5th edition, get people used to the new setting of rock again, if they're not familiar with it, you know, so they don't actually have to deal with absolutely everything all at once. And then they can move up to bigger and bigger settings as they become more experienced, the players and the characters. And these look like they could be literally just that. Yep. Which I think it'd be, I think it'd be fun. So we have stuff to look forward to with that. And then we had not an official news announcement, but for you know, RPG and lore junkies like myself. Um, Hi. We had some new uh, novels come up. Uh, these novels. were not novellas, novels. <laughs> yeah, these were listed on uh, Amazon for pre-order, and there are two of them that have been listed on Amazon. The first is called Poison River, Legend of the Five Rings, a Daidoji Shin Mystery. And I, just the fact that that's a, it's a Daidoji Shin Mystery, like there's going to be more of these. That would be awesome. This is really fascinating. Yeah, I'm just, this sounds so cool. <laughs> it's by Josh Reynolds, who is a, a Warhammer 40K author. He's got numerous published, like on paper published credits. Uh, mm. It looks like it'll be about 352 pages, which is much longer than the novellas were. Yeah. They were about yeah. 150 pages. And um, it is due out uh, August 4th in 2020. And it's from Aconite Press. Uh, Aconite Press was confirmed by Matt Holland as a new publishing press from Asmati. So that sounds okay. cool. I, I love the description which is a charming slacker aristocrat discovers a talent for detection and a web of conspiracies in the Emerald Empire. In this snappy novel set in the fantastic worlds of Legend of the Five Rings, Daidoji Shin, 
unrepentant wastrel with a taste for scandal and dice, coasts through his role as Crane Clan's trade envoy in the city of the Rich Frog. But when a case of poisoned rice threatens the brittle peace between competing clans, the Imperial Governor drags Shin from his indolence and orders him to find the culprit. Despite himself, Shin uncovers an intriguing conspiracy involving more than just dead rats. A murder with no body and a missing actress present a distraction that could finally make Shin put in a full day's work, maybe even save the city from tearing itself apart. Yes. That sounds so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds fun. I'm totally looking forward to this. I've always loved the murder mystery in an interesting time and place genre where, you know, you've got the murder mystery, but part of the fun is it's in this very particular time. It's in this very particular place. And by investigating the murder mystery, you get to explore the world that it's in, whether it's like Cambridge in 1939 and a big big blackout, which is a good novel I enjoy, <laughs> or whether it's Northern Ireland in the Troubles, mm-hmm. which is, again, really, really interesting. But here it's going to be the City of the Rich Frog in Rockigan, and that's just going to be so cool. And just thinking about the City of the Rich Frog, that's got – uh, unicorn, dragon, and lion interests all, and scorpion, and I believe. Ronin. And Ronin, all vying mm. for control of the city. So you can almost see why Crane are about the only ones who don't have an interest in the city. For Except c- Daidoji Shin, apparently. Says, so you know, <laughs> poor Daidoji Shin sucked in all these other um, clan politics, which is hilarious. So I look forward to it. Oh, so, and you can absolutely see how that would make a, a series. Oh, yeah. And this sounds like so much fun. Uh, we also have Curse of Honor, Legend of the Five Rings novel, which is by David Annadale, also 352 pages. And that's due May next year from Aconite. And uh, this could be kind of fun. The Reckless Pursuit of Honor exposes an empire to demonic invasion in this epic fantasy novel of duty and warfare set in the extraordinary world of Legend of the Five Rings. Which sounds slightly different. It sounds because obviously it sounds like uh, Poison River is more your intimate characters' intrigues, right? Whereas Curse of Order sounds more your big epic armies. Oh, absolutely! Dark lords. So magic in it. Striking Dawn Castle defends the mountains between the Rokugan Empire and the demon haunted Shadowlands. When a mythical city is discovered in the Forbidding Peaks, Hidaharu, heir and sore disappointment to his family, seizes the opportunity to prove himself. His rash expedition ends in disaster. Just one samurai returns alive and Haru is lost. Before a power struggle can break out, Striking Dawn's battle-hardened commander, Ochiba, is dispatched to rescue Haru. She succeeds against supernatural horrors, but Haru is changed. Now mysterious deaths and ill fortune plague his family. Something evil is loose and must be stopped at any cost. So we haven't heard anything from the crab for a very long time. Not, I mean, we so got a story cool. this week about the Yasuki, but here we That's get true. our nice full dosage of crab horror, it sounds like, for us to enjoy. I, I think this is actually demonstrating the strength of the L5R setting, that you can have two novels like this that are set very, very in very, very different places with very, very different... Oh, a scope and very different styles and genres, but they all fit in rock again. I think that's really cool. 
Yeah, I think this is a good move overall for FFG because um, they're not going to be able to expand the role-playing... Well, they're not going to be able to expand the LCG really easily from poaching off of the players of other games. It's a it's a complex and a cerebral game. It takes a long time to play. Uh, the setting is awesome, but if you're just looking for a game... Uh, it it's hard to demonstrate it. It it, it takes a certain yeah. class, you know, dedication to be willing to put in the time to play it. It's not an easy LCG. I mean, it, it it's chess versus checkers, right? And then um, in the RPG, it's a, a fun setting, but there's a lot of competition out there. There's other uh, Japanese style uh, RPGs out now that there wasn't necessarily at the beginning of the game. And it's not a, not a huge market against other things. So if they are going to want to expand their audience, their customer base, they need to make a bigger customer base uh, by drawing people in with the settings. So these novels are a great way to do that. I like the idea that if someone says, I've heard of L- L5R, you keep going on about it, tell me more, and you just go, boom, read that. <laughs> you know, This is a really cool novel, and it's and it shows off the setting really well. I think that'd be just awesome. I'm really looking forward to these. I was happy to see them. They are not officially out, so these are sneak previews just for people who listen to our podcast or read any of the internets, I guess. Oh, yeah, or, or, or are, are on Amazon. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's we'll have to talk more about the dragon novel next time because I don't think we have any time today. Uh, yeah. Any call outs? Uh, well, we should call out uh, the podcast that you put together were at Worlds. <laughs> yeah, we did have we did have the Legends of the Five podcasts with Meek Informant and Art of Forecast, New England L5R, Six Ring, Focus Focus Strike, and so many people. It's really packed room that is out there. If people want to listen to it, uh, we have it on the, uh, I think on the uh, LCG uh, court games page for people to enjoy. Yeah. That sounds like you had a, a blast. At Worlds. <laughs> and obviously we should give a shout out to our sister podcast, the LCG court games. Yes. And our Patreon and our Patreons. And we have links to absolutely all of this. In our show notes. Thank you so much to our patrons who keep us uh, together and keep supporting us. And I hope that you guys have a wonderful week and we'll look for more stories to come. In the meantime, this is Kakita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy. <laughs> <laughs>